If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, Observing the return of wonder and curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience young children. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms community. Hey there, and welcome to the very first episode of the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. There is so much that I want to cover, so let's jump right in. So before we start digging into today's episode, I wanted to take a moment and introduce myself and share a little bit about my garden story. So if you don't know me, my name is Victoria Hackett. I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm the youngest of five. I now live in Beverly, Massachusetts, which is the North Shore of Boston. So thinking about my first memory of my own garden, I will go back to my earliest memory, I guess, is when I was a young, young girl. And my parents were, they offered us a a little piece of the garden. And I chose mine to be on the other side of the house where really none of my other siblings hung out. And I just went into my world of imagination, which is where I spent a lot of my time. And I, I created the space, this, this magical garden. It was probably not very magical. It probably was just a, you know, a lot of dirt and me moving it around and so on and so forth. But it made me feel whole. It made me feel it was sort of my secret place. Uh, so that was my first memory. And that, that was a gift my parents gave to me and that I feel has only grown since then. So fast forward many, many, many years, I went off to college and decided that I wanted to, to study education, dance, and psychology thinking that I wanted to pursue a career in dance therapy. I sort of loved the idea of having something as a vehicle to enhance someone else's life and to feel, you know, that connection. So I thought dance was a wonderful way to do that. Or dance was sort of the vehicle at that moment. So at the same time, I was very uh, in tune to and learning and to becoming an early childhood educator. So those are my paths. I was into the dance therapy and also early childhood education. Uh, my work led me to working with many, many adults and children with special needs and always uh, was using, again, dance as the vehicle to, to teach and learn. I started working with seniors, citizens and elders, started up a whole dance club program uh, for elderly, elderly blind and decided that, oh, there's an elementary school across the street. Why don't we make it intergenerational? Then it went into the whole world of intergenerational programming, combining seniors and elders, and slowly started to start uh, teaching adults. 
and sort of had this toolbox of things I wanted, resources that I wanted to share and all my stories. So I started to teach at the uh, our local community college. I taught child growth and development and foundations of early childhood and started my own business, starting to do workshops all over the area. That business was called Programs for Educators. And funny enough, most of my workshops were based on behavior management, kind of talking about child development and how can we manage children's behavior. Then I became a parent and again, everything changed in this process. It's, it, it is a transformative experience. Uh, but by the time my children became preschooler, I had a preschooler and a kindergartner. So we had a kindergartner going off to our local public school and I would drop her off. We would, my son and I would drop her off and we'd pass this desolate courtyard every single morning and every single afternoon. And at the moment, at that present moment, there was a lot happening with edible gardens and outdoor classrooms, but they were all in California. And I, and I, it sort of was starting to intrigue me a little bit, but there was nothing in this area so much because we are in New England and New England's weather is quite unpredictable. So the thought of creating edible gardens in a school was is quite complicated and so on and so forth. So I had met a, a wonderful mentor, friend, uh, Phil Solomon, and we did a lot of our intergenerational work together. And she got her community together and they created a huge, wonderful garden, outdoor classroom, courtyard garden at the Chenery Middle School in Belmont, Massachusetts. And that was I saw that, I saw how she brought the community together and I thought and scratched my head, huh, what if, what if we took that idea and kind of did some aspects of it in this old desolate courtyard? It was, in, I mean, it was right next to the front door. It sort of didn't really speak, come and learn. It sort of was just the opposite. So with a friend of mine, Diane Jardina, we brought the community together and we started creating work days and it was amazing. And I think it's never, so again, I did, we did all of this with my parent hat on, but my educator hat slowly shifted, started to wear that. And cause I started to just observe the children and their reaction to the space and the anecdotal stories that were coming from the teachers, which were incredible. They would talk about children that they couldn't get them to work in the indoor space in the classroom, but once they got outside, they were free and they were learning and they were asked, getting curious. They saw wonder, all of this sort of magic started happening. The flip side of that was, sadly, I saw fifth graders who were fifth graders at the time that had never planted anything in the ground. And again, fifth graders to me at the time, because I was a young parent with a kindergartner and a preschooler, the fifth graders seemed like giants. They, they seemed like, you know, they should have all this incredible experience, but nuts. There were a handful of them that had never planted anything in the ground. And this shocked me. It shocked me to the point of, we need to do something about this. So instinctively, I just sort of said, okay, we're going to get the entire school involved and we're going to have a bulb planting extravaganza. That's what we called it. So I made sure in my volunteer hours that I would take every single school outside into the gardens. We had bulbs donated by various organizations and it was wonderful. And we 
planted bulbs everywhere, everywhere you can imagine. And so the following year, as you can imagine, it was absolutely stunning, stunning because they were everywhere. (laughs) And so I was on a quest. I was on a quest to learn as much as I possibly could about outdoor classrooms, as much as I could about children's gardens. I had known nothing. I, I kind of was really starting from scratch. So I started researching. I started reading books. I started uh, going, putting my kids in the minivan and going to visit different places. And I was really studying the different elements of outdoor classrooms. Little did I know that where this would take me. So my kids grew and grew and they graduated. And I kind of thought to myself, huh, now what do I do? I really don't want to be the person that, that's going to stay here and keep this program going, or, uh, or nor do I want to start this type of outdoor classroom. But what I did notice where the void was, was with educators. I felt like that's where, that's where I belong. I felt that the educators who came out to the outdoor classroom liked it. They loved it. They loved the response of the children, but they didn't necessarily know how to use it. And that's where the aha moment went in terms of, gosh, what if it was the norm for educators in training to be trained in how to not only start an outdoor classroom, learn how to take their children outside, learn what to do when they get out there, learn how to connect whatever is out there to their curriculum that they have to teach. What if that was the norm? So I then launched outdoorclassrooms.com and that was the birth of my website and creating masterclasses and workshops and putting all the resources a teacher and or a parent would need to to do just that. So I've been having an absolute blast and one of the things that I've loved has been the membership community that we have started. And within that membership community, we have uh, every month we have, um, we sort of open the garden gates to a featured outdoor classroom and we get to kind of look at what everybody's doing. And it really dawned on me that these are such golden nuggets. We need to share these wonderful stories. So hence, here we are at the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. Incredible. So today's topic is we're going to be really diving into creating an outdoor classroom the impact on children and their wellness and how how important it is. So there's much you can do with this information. If you are a an educator, this is a great, great information that you can use to talk to your administrators about, oh, I want to start an outdoor classroom. These are the reasons why. This even as a parent is wonderful information. So you can be motivated to move your children outside and think of different things that you can do even in your backyard. To have this this research and this this work to really understand the benefits of an outdoor classroom and uh, taking children outdoors is a critical uh, place to start and I thought would be a really fun place to start for our first episode. So let's get started. So we have the big question is the challenge. What is the challenge? Is the challenge the fact that there was a desolate courtyard garden? No, it's that's not the challenge. The challenge is that there have been numerous studies that are estimating that children are spending over seven hours on screens. Seven hours. 
So, and they're spending less than 10 minutes engaging in unstructured outdoor play. So that again boggles me, boggles my mind just as much as learning that there were fifth graders that had never planted anything in the ground. With the blood that's boiling, I have, I continue. So it's the more research is showing that the screen time in, inhibits our youngest children to the ability to read faces, which then leads into enabling them to learn social skills, which then enables them to develop empathy. So imagine if you take those three things away, what that leaves the child in terms of their behavior, in terms of how they're reacting into the world and, and all of that. And then you put the pandemic on top of it with everybody wearing masks, that generation of children, they're in a predicament. What's also happening is because the screen time has increased, especially during the pandemic, we are seeing more and more children who are obese. More and more children are, are suffering from irregular sleep. We are seeing more and more behavior problems in schools and therefore that leading into impaired academic performance. And what we're doing is we're putting a Band-Aid on these issues and we are putting children on more and more medication because we cannot figure out what to do. Sadly, I even hate to say this word, but then that because they're watching so much screen and what are they watching on the screen? They're watching violence. They're watching violence. And where does that violence go? How are the children processing that violence? It's showing up in their play. But because they're spending so much time on their screens, they, have, they don't have enough time to play. They don't even have enough, enough time to process what they're seeing on the screen. So the big question we ask ourselves, why teach outdoors now? So that's one of the questions we will be constantly asking ourselves within this podcast. Why now? Why outdoors now? So there's been tons of research of course, when the pandemic was in its height, that, that was the reason everybody was going outdoors, trying to figure out the social, distance, social distancing requirements. But now it's, now hopefully, it's, it, people are rethinking the way we deliver education to children. Being outdoors and teaching outdoors is providing increased hands-on learning, which therefore in turn provides a far greater equity in education. Obviously, children are getting fresh air, the health benefits of that, and alleviating symptoms of ADHD and ADD. It's huge. I run nature classes here at the Secret Gardens in Beverly, and it was, it's, it's the middle of the winter here. <laughs> and we, there was a day that we had class, and it was freezing out. But we, at, by the end of the class, we felt so refreshed. We were giggling and laughing and, and running around trying to stay warm, but it was, it was, there was a joy in embracing the different weather patterns and what that can bring our children. So with this quote, it's a very interesting quote that has really got me thinking, so I want to share it with you. It says, uh, vision is the art of seeing what is invisible to others, and that's by Jonathan Swift. I'll tell you why I like this quote. So vision is the art of seeing. As I told you in my little bio in the beginning, I taught, I was ended up teaching adults and teaching at the community college and, and started a business called Programs for Educators where I went out and I did workshops and, and I was the big, you know, let's, let's talk behavior management. And that's what everybody was asking for. Everybody was saying, how do I manage these kids? And my vision 
had nothing to do with outdoor classrooms and nature-based education because that was invisible to me at the time. I'm embarrassed to say I had I did not think until I became a parent that, huh, look what's happening when when our kids go outside. Look at look what's happening. So I strongly strongly encourage you to just open the door. Take your children outside and see for yourself what happens. And once you see that, once you have that vision of what's possible, it all comes together. The behavior management goes down and we'll be talking about that in a minute. It was invisible to me. I, uh, I will, I'm embarrassed to say it was, but now I see and now we can make it even better. So therefore, I see that the only thing holding us back is a lack of vision. So at this point, it's thinking, okay, I've got a desolate courtyard or I've got this outdoor space. How can I transform it into something that is provides learning for children? It gets, how can I create destinations? How can I get children curious and, and tap into their imaginations? So for me, at this point, I'm 100% advocate that all you have to do is open the door and get outside. Nature is actually the solution. I beg the question for you to think about, what if every child in every school had access to an outdoor classroom every day? So thinking about just that, thinking about we are going to go into the five benefits of outdoor classrooms. First one is better test scores. Thinking about the better test scores, you think, ah, oh, well, my kids are young. They're not taking tests. I don't have to worry about that. But thinking about what kids need to be successful, a lot of just in life. So a lot of what they need is to develop problem solving skills and critical thinking skills. And so when kids are outside and they are managing the outdoor environment and they they have outdoor learning stations that they're exploring like a mud kitchen or a makerspace garden or or a fishing bri bridge all of those places and of learning outdoors offers children opportunities to practice their problem solving skills practice their critical thinking skills i had three-year-olds we have a little miniature wooden bridge in our garden and we call it the fishing bridge. And I have little fish with magnets on them. And I have little sticks with, with rope and another magnet. So you can imagine that they are on the bridge fishing, but they're getting the fish with their magnets. And I'm telling you, they were there for at least 25 minutes. Really eye-hand coordination, figuring out how to get their fish connected to the magnets. And then the fish have letters or numbers on them. So the older kids can really have the opportunity to, oh, I just got, I just caught the A or I caught the B or the 10, whatever it was. It's enlightening, it's fun, it's playful. But also, there's also so much room on this very small bridge. And there was a little boy that wanted to bring a big pole over to the makerspace garden and a PVC pipe. And so he had to figure out, okay, how am I going to get from point A to point B? There's these two kids that are in the way. And it was problem solving and critical thinking skills. And what the other kids had to do to get out of the way. Can I carry it over the bridge? It's a different terrain. All of these things. And that will lead to better test scores because they will have the skills to problem solve. And that will take children to big places. So number two is that an outdoor classroom will 
and being outdoors will decrease behavior problems. So again, this is a lot of anecdotal evidence that's shown over and over again that uh, children are more engaged and when the children are more engaged and happy and full of wonder and curiosity and their imaginations are sparked, there's no reason to act out. They just want more. Therefore, you as an educator or parent, you become the facilitator. You get to create this incredible environment for them to explore. And that's one of the things we talk about. That's many, one of many of the things we talk about here at Outdoor Classrooms is how can we create those spaces? How can we create them throughout all the seasons? What could those spaces look like for different ages and stages? All of that and really capturing that. When kids are occupied, happy kids make happy parents and teachers. Finding that happy place, finding that joy. Kids want to be outdoors. They're happier. If you're happy, there's no reason, again, to be acting out. So number three is having an outdoor classroom and being outdoors decreases stress. That good old cortisol is the stress hormone. And these past two years with so much happening in our environment and everything just being topsy-turvied over and back again, I'm sure that cortisol level has skyrocketed for many families, for many schools, for, for many, many of us. So thinking about what ways can we decrease the stress that's been building up. And again, it's so easy. Open the door and go outside. Find ways to, to make it happen. Find ways to in incorporate mindfulness into a practice outdoors. The essence of hearing and listening to birds, birds singing or listening to water flowing, all of that is going to, oh, it's going to, make you calm. It's going to make the children calm. Incorporating all that into your days is incredible. But to really understand why, why it's important, this is why. And you will see this. The more and more you take children outdoors, you will see and begin to see changes. So number four is being outdoors in an outdoor classroom restores depleted attention. So again, we have so many children that are being diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. Richard Love has dubbed the term nature deficit disorder, and he is now going to conferences with doctors. And he is advising doctors to prescribe being outdoors. If that ADD is acting up, why not see if the outdoors can be a healing factor first before we go on to the medicine? So more and more doctors are actually prescribing a certain amount of time outdoors every day. And there are many challenges out there now to see how many hours a day we can be outdoors. So thinking all about the different possibilities. But with that, that restores that depleted attention. Again, it's, it's just, to me, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> Finally, number five, it improves the immune function. What does that mean? improves the immune function. So we are all born with very little immune function. It's a matter of when we start growing. It's critical for young, young children. People say, oh, the infants are too young. It's critical that uh, many of our youngest children get outside to just experience the shadows, the wind, and feel the wind. All, all of that is critical. 
to building that immune system, especially now, so we can avoid the cold viruses that are happening. Think about the you know, children sitting in a room, in a classroom with very stale air and just their mind wandering. And then think about, and then children being, I can't believe how many people have been sick this year. Thinking about, gosh, let's taking them outside. They're able to play in the mud kitchen. They're able to interact with the outdoor classroom and everything in it. They're happy and just playing in nature, gardening, exploring will expose them to germs that will build their immunity. And therefore, if that's built, they're less likely to get sick. So again, it's a no brainer. So to me, teaching children about the natural world should be treated as one of the most important events of their lives. And that's by Thomas Berry. I just want to conclude our first episode just telling you a little bit why I'm decided to start this podcast. It is uh, something that I've been wanting to do for some time. Three main reasons why I wanted to start it. And the first one is to provide you with the resources to launch, grow, and sustain your own outdoor classroom and or backyard teaching garden. And there's a lot of resources and to be able to put that into one place, a mission of mine. Secondly, I want to cast a wider net to find out how we can collaborate, communicate, create community, an international community where we are sharing each other's stories, where we are coming together and talking and sharing and, and supporting each other in this whole process. Therefore, thirdly, in turn, if we are bringing together community on this particular topic, my hope is that more teachers will be inspired to create more outdoor classrooms, therefore leading into more children having access to outdoor classrooms. And ultimately, that's where we end. We end with the child. We end with finding different ways, creative ways to get outdoors so our children can be outdoors so we there in turn can have a healthier community. That's our first episode. This was really fun. I'm really excited about what will be coming into our inbox this week. Share. I would love to hear back from you what you thought of this episode, what you would like to hear, any questions. If you have comments, you can write us at victoria at outdoor-classrooms with an s.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening. Tell your friends and teachers. The more people who subscribe, the more it helps us continue to create this great space. And I really love doing it. It's been so fun so far. So, so like I said in the beginning, post your questions on our Facebook page. Let us help one another and be the ultimate resource for cult cultivating outdoor classrooms. If you want more accountability, and access to most all of our resources at outdoorclassrooms.com, consider becoming an Outdoor Classroom Circle member. I will tell you very briefly about what that's all about. We are, it's an incredible, incredible group. Each week and every month, you get uh, new resources. So the first week of the month, you get access to an Outdoor Classrooms tour and talk. That is provided, uh, you get lots of wonderful pictures and an interview and really seeing what other people are doing all over the world. That's a pre-recorded. Then you have access to a live 
teaching and learning roundtable. So we come together live and have discussions and accountability and we check in. Each month, uh, members get a membership mission. And this is totally optional if you want to really dive a little bit deeper. In Each month, you'll be given a mission and you get to sort of get PDFs and follow that mission and it'll move you move the needle even deeper and farther the we have members get access to our entire nature-based workshop library they get access to our outdoor teachings boot camp that's where i recommend everybody start we have a q a educator lesson exchange that's live at the end of every month and it just keeps growing so we are they have access to our master classes we will be having retreats here at the Secret Gardens here in Beverly, Mass. Lots and lots and lots of different possibilities of getting involved. And But that's my my big recommendation is if best bang for your buck is to join the membership. Again, the membership is, is, is a bargain. But you can always just join the conversation at in our Outdoor Classrooms Facebook group and also our um, Instagram. If you are a parent that is listening and you live in the Beverly area, drop me a note and join one of our nature classes in the Secret Gardens. We'd love to see you. So thank you again for all that you do to reconnect children with nature. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to many, many more great episodes. Talk to you soon. Bye. So if you like this podcast and you're getting something out of it, If it feels good and you walk away going, ah, the day feels brighter and I want to go outside, then I want you to tell your fellow educators, parents, and friends about it. I want everyone to feel this awesome about getting outdoors and all the possibilities for playful learning with children when you get out there. So if you are talking about outdoor classrooms and you like talking about outdoor classrooms and teaching outdoors and all the different possibilities, subscribe to us and leave a review. We would love to have you. Go to our Outdoor Classrooms Facebook page in our group, our Instagram pages, and tell us what your outdoor classroom challenges are. Want to dig deeper? Check out our Outdoor Classroom Circle membership community. It's like no other. Tell your fellow educators and let's start a little revolution about outdoor classrooms when every child in every school has access to an outdoor classroom and learning gardens then we will have more beauty in this world let's get creative and bring more joy into our teaching outdoors